City, we bring you Chapter 8 in the Chronicles of River's End. The star of the show, Gene Herschel, in his greatest of all roles. The title of the show, Dr. Christian. The sponsor of the show, the Cheesebro Manufacturing Company, owners of the trademark, Vaseline. And here we are in New York, where our star, the famous motion picture actor Gene Hersholt, is enjoying a brief holiday after completing his work with Sonia Henney in the 20th Century Fox picture, Happy Landing. The talents of this great artist in the role of Dr. Christian are presented for your enjoyment each Sunday afternoon by the makers of Vaseline Preparations. These products have been known to every household in the United States and Canada for more than half a century as standard home remedies for many minor ailments such as scratches, cuts, skin abrasions, burns and scalds, chapped skin, head colds. And they have earned the high place they hold in the home medicine cabinet because every Vaseline product is the finest of its kind that can be produced. So when you buy, be sure to look for the trademark Vaseline on the package. If you don't see it, you are not getting the genuine article. And so to today's story of Dr. Paul Christian, starring Gene Hersholt in the title role. The time is Sunday morning. The scene is laid outside the little white church, which stands not far from Dr. Christian's office. Services are over. The congregation streams out the door, pauses in little groups in front of the church. Good morning, Dr. Christian. Well, hello there, young lady. How did you like the sermon this morning? All right. Then we got turned to sleep before it was over. <laughs> Toby, you shouldn't say that. Good morning, Dr. Christian. Good morning, Elliot. Say, can you keep a secret, Toby? Of course I can. I got a little sleepy myself. <laughs> Dr. Christian, you're spoiling all the good work I've done for a week. Oh, bosh. Not a good spoil, Toby. Besides, I have some theory about bringing up children. What do you know about bringing up children? Nothing. It's always those kind of people who have theories. <laughs> Anyhow, Toby, I'm glad to see you in church, even if you do get sleepy. When I was little, I didn't go to church. And look what I turn out to be. Just a small-town doctor. The kindest doctor in the whole world. Oh, now, Harriet. Oh, say, how are things at the dress shop? Oh, the shop's doing very well, thank you. I'm beginning to feel really successful. And when I started it, I didn't think a dress shop in River's End would go at all. Well, you see, I was right. Mm -hmm. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Mr. Potter. Oh, hello, John. Going my way? Yes, why? I'll walk along with you. Well, goodbye, Harriet. Goodbye, Toby. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye, Doctor Christian. Bye. I let Mrs. Potter drive the car home. She likes stretching my legs a bit. Well, I'm afraid you'll have to do most of the stressing alone. There's my office, and I've got some work to do. Do you mind if I came in for a moment? Why, no. Come ahead. I promise I won't keep you from your work too long. There's um, something I've been meaning to discuss with you ever since I returned from Chicago. So? Well, if you'll wait until I find my pipe, uh, help yourself to the tobacco there. I don't smoke a pipe. Oh, well, there's some cigars in the table drawer if you... I don't smoke at all. Well, then have a chair. You sit down, don't you? Thank you. What I want to ask you, Paul, is um, how long have you known this, uh, what's the name, Mrs. Niles? Harriet? 
Oh, I've known Harriet Niles ever since she came here. I've been trying to place her. The very first time I saw her, there was something about her vaguely familiar. Do you recall the Jack Rima trial? Well, I remember it. That's about all. It happened, oh, some years ago. Young Rima came from a rather wealthy Chicago family. He was something of a black sheep. Got into one scrape after another. Expelled from college. Finally disinherited when he married. Mm-hmm. On New Year's Eve, seven years ago, he shot and killed one of his wife's former admirers. He was convicted and later died in prison. During the course of the trial, his wife came in for considerable notoriety. Quite naturally, in view of the kind of woman she was. How do you know the kind of woman she was? Oh, everybody knew about her. The newspapers played it up in the most sensational manner. First when she married Rima, and afterwards during the trial. Her name was Doris Fleming. Does that bring anything to your mind? No, I wasn't particularly interested in the case. Well, at any rate, Doris Fleming is running a shop here in River's End. She calls herself Harriet Niles. No, are you trying to tell me you are... You find a similarity between Harriet Niles and a picture you saw in the newspaper seven years ago? Ah, rubbish. Oh, what's your reason for trying to shield this woman? Shield her? I happen to know you're, you've been acquainted with Harriet Niles for a good many years. Well, now, wait a minute. To save you embarrassment, I ought to tell you I've gone into her history quite thoroughly. I know, for instance, that after her husband was sent to prison, she lived in Joliet. Her child was born there. Well, what about it? The physician who attended her was a doctor. Dr. Paul Christian. Would you mind telling me the point of all this? Harriet Niles and Doris Fleming are one and the same person. I can't understand why you attempt to deny it. Well, I'm not denying it. Since you're so interested, yes. I've known Doris Fleming for almost seven years. In fact, I suggested she come here. Change her name to Harriet Niles. So, you brought her here to River's End. Why? And Doris Fleming's husband went on trial. She was the only one who stood by him. She moved to Joliet to be near him. When he was sent to prison, well, she stayed there until he died. Since then, she's been trying to earn a living for herself and for a little girl. Trying to bring up Toby not to know what had happened. In every place he's gone, someone has made that impossible. My dear doctor, I have no wish to injure the woman. Quite the contrary. Before I came to River's End, I lived in a little town of Mill Valley, California. As a lad and a young man, I was poor, dreadfully poor. I know what poverty is. My only feeling toward Doris Fleming is one of deepest compassion for her and her child. How old is the child? Six years old. Probably still young enough not to have been harmed. But how long is that going to hold true? How long before she finds out her mother's background, who and what her father was... The very thing Doris Fleming has been trying to avoid is bound to happen. Don't you agree? Yes, if she continues to run into meddlers like you. Calling me harsh names won't save the situation, no. There's only one solution. She must give the child up. Give up the baby? Why, you... You don't know what you're talking about. Please don't think I've reached such a conclusion hastily. I've thought about it for a long time. I've decided there isn't any other way. Oh, I see. You've decided. Just why have you appointed yourself to deal with this matter? When a man sees his duty as clearly as I see this, he hasn't any choice. I came here in a spirit of friendliness, seeking your help. I thought you might explain to the woman and get her to give up her child voluntarily, for child's own good. Well, you may see that as your duty. I don't see it as mine. It is your duty, whether you see it or not. 
I'll guarantee the little girl will have everything a child should have. Hmm. Except the mother. Girl is only six years old. She'll soon forget her mother. And it's better so, considering the woman's history. John, I've always been kind of ashamed of myself because for some reason I've never liked you. But I'm not ashamed any longer. You don't know how that hurts me, Paul. But the soul of a little child is much too precious for me to let my personal feelings stop me. If you refuse to help, then I shall go to the town authorities and get them to take official action. Will you please get out of this office? After all, both Mrs. Potter and myself are not without influence among the good people of River's End. And I know public opinion will be aroused when I make the case clear. Will you please get out? Good morning, Paul. Dr. Christian. Well, hello, Harriet. Oh, I had no idea it was so late. I came as soon as I could. I suppose Judy has gone home long since. Hmm? Mm, Judy is on a vacation. Oh, is she? I hadn't heard. Where'd she go? Where does everybody go these days? Hollywood. Well, <laughs> well, she'll have plenty to tell when she comes home. <laughs> she'll have plenty to tell me when she finds out I haven't sent out these bills she left. Let me do it for you. I'd love to help. Oh, some of them are not worth sending out. This one to John Potter, for example. John got a piece of jute in his eye when he was a young man. It caused an infection. The eye still bothers him occasionally. Well, this bit is for prescribing an ordinary eye wash. I can't charge him for it. You'll never make any money that way. <laughs> oh, speaking of money, how was your Christmas business? Wonderful. Good. Oh, it was a swell idea of yours, putting in the gift. And just think, this time last year I was in Minneapolis wondering what was going to become of us. I can't imagine what all those years were like. Walking the streets, looking for a job. Knowing if you found one, you couldn't keep it. That you'd have to leave and go someplace else. Oh, it's beautiful to be settled and have a home and feel that you're safe. Safe. I think that's the loveliest word in the world. Uh, Harriet, um, have you ever asked the Remus for help? No. Why should I? I've always been able to get along. I know, but uh, Toby's growing up now, and, well, she's going to become more and more expensive. Well, she'll, she'll be wanting to entertain her friends and have nice clothes, and, well, the Remus ought to help. She's Jack's child as well as yours. I don't want their help. Well, you shouldn't let a little foolish pride stand in the way. And they wouldn't help me if I did ask. The Remus hate me. Why, they disowned Jack for marrying me. When he was sick in prison, to see him or write to him. Like, they didn't even write when he... when he died. Well, seven years might have made a great difference. They might have forgotten they hated you. I haven't forgotten don't you think you ought to give them a chance to make amends? What chance did they give me? The chance of starving, that's all. I don't want to talk about it. I'll be able to look after Toby. Give her the nice friends and the pretty clothes myself. 
The shop will take care of that. Yes, but suppose something happens to the shop. Suppose you, you, you can't go on with it. What could happen? Well, businesses sometimes fail, you know. Oh, but... Oh, come in. I had you talking in here, took the liberty of knocking. Oh, I realize I'm not welcome. I assure you I'm not here because I want to be. Shall, shall I go, Dr. Christian? No, please stay. Whatever you have to say, John, we can talk about some other time. As long as the young lady is here, why not talk about it now? Because I don't wish to. I'm afraid that's not a very good reason. It suits me. Paul Christian, why haven't you enough courage to face the situation? Don't you realize evasion will get you nowhere? I realize more and more what kind of a person you are. Psychiatrists have a word for you. It isn't a pretty, very pretty one. We're wasting time. I've given you your opportunity, Paul. You haven't seen fit to take advantage of it. Fortunately, I am strong enough to assume the burden alone. Mrs. Nile. John. Dr. Christian informs me that you are Doris Fleming. Oh, he... he told you? Oh, no. Harriet, listen to me. I only told him when I he... see now. That's why... that's why you wanted me to go to the Remus. Why, you talked about the shop failing. Oh, he found it out by himself. I only... That's tried... true. And I convinced Dr. Christian it was useless to lie to me as I had completely investigated your case. But why? Why? What difference does it make to you who I am? I don't feel it's necessary to explain that. <laughs> Mr. Potter evidently takes his instructions directly from heaven. Or maybe he gives them. Dr. Christian is being sarcastic because he doesn't like me. He knows I've not the slightest notion of harming you. You, well, you won't tell anyone? There's no reason why I should. Doris Fleming, I want to help you. Help me? Yes. I know how you struggle to keep your child from learning about your past life. I want to show you the way. Oh, but, but I've already found it. Well, you and Dr. Christians are the only ones who know about me. I have a little shop here. I'm very happy. And the past is behind me. Sooner or later, River's End will find out about you. But I don't see how, unless... They found out in the other places you've lived. No, you can never escape from your past. It's chained to you with a chain which cannot be broken. But your child can escape if you give her up. Give up Toby? We'll find a suitable home for her. I'll make all the arrangements. Help you in every way I can. But, but you're crazy. I'm not concerned with what you think about me. I'm only interested in the child. You'll have to give her up. Who says I do? Oh, this has gone far enough. I say so. I'm not taking orders from you. Who do you think you are? You'd better be careful. You're a willful, headstrong woman. A person in your position could well display a little humility. You're not going to take my baby away from me. You or anybody else. You claim to love your child, and yet you're willing to have its life linked up with you and a father who is a wastrel and a murderer. Harriet! Oh. I call upon you to witness, Dr. Christian. I tried to help her, and she struck me. <laughs> struck me like the common woman she is. We can do without her sort in River's End. Doris Fleming, I'm giving you a week to get out of town. One week! <laughs> oh, why did you strike him? You shouldn't have done that. Don't you see it put you so much in the wrong? I, I couldn't help it. He can't drive me away. He can't. You, you won't let him. You won't let him, will you? <laughs> I 
Every housewife who spends hours over the cook stove and the washing and ironing knows what it is to have a succession of minor burns and scalds, and how uncomfortable they can be, even when not at all serious. Vaseline petroleum jelly is just the thing to have handy for such emergencies. Why don't you make a note to buy an extra bottle or tube next time you go shopping and keep it on the kitchen shelf? Then you'll be able to reach for it the very moment you burn yourself. Use it liberally. It will soothe the pain and help promote healing. If a burn or scald is deep or covers an extensive area, send for the doctor immediately. Vaseline jelly is made with scrupulous care, sterilized in the process of manufacture, and packed in sterilized containers. It costs only 10 cents a bottle anywhere in the United States, so no one need be without the comfort this famous home remedy can bring to sufferers from all the minor accidents that happen in every home. The next scene in our story of Dr. Christian takes place in a room in Harriet Niles' home behind the dress shop. It is a pleasant room, the shades drawn now and the lights burning. In the center of the floor are several suitcases and a trunk. You want this coat here put in the trunk, Mrs. Niles? Yes. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. Pack the other one. Toby will wear this one. Where are we going, Mama? To Peoria, darling. When? Day after tomorrow. Oh, is there room in the small suitcase for these slippers, Anna? I think I can make some room. Well, put them on top so I can get them out on the train. Yes. How long will we be away, Mama? I don't know, Toby. Are we coming back? No. Not ever. But why? Now, it's time to go to bed now. Why aren't we coming back? Don't you like Rivers End? Now, you better run along, Toby. It's almost 8 o'clock. You told me you liked Rivers End. You told me we wouldn't move anymore. I know, dear. I don't like moving. As soon as I find some little girls to play with, we always move. Isabel and Betty Jean have never moved. They've lived here all the time. Why do we have to move? Oh, please, Toby. Mother's so tired. Anna will get you ready for bed now. I'll be in soon and hear you say you know I lay me. Yes, sure. About time for young ladies to go to sleep now. Mama, why do I say different now I lay me some Betty Jean? Well, they're not different. Yes, they are. I only say God bless Mama. And Betty Jean says God bless Mama and Papa. Anna, will you put her to bed, please? But why, Mama? Why don't I say it the same as Betty Jean? Dear, I'll answer it. You take Toby and get her undressed, Anna. Yes, ma'am, I will. Come, Toby. Come Good night, on. Mama. Good night, dear. I told her to drop in for a little while here, yes? Oh, yes. Come in. I got a letter today from William Johnson about buying the shop. He says he might be interested in a month or so. But uh, now, if you could find someone to run it for you until you... No. Oh, but it's foolish to walk away and leave a going business. Well, maybe I won't leave. Maybe I'll send Toby away. Oh, no, no, you... You won't do that. Mr. Potter was here again this afternoon. Well, if he bothers you again, call the police. After all, there is a law against blackmail. What good would it do to tell the police? It would only mean a scandal, and then everybody would find out. Well, let them find out. Chase it. Have it over with. 
You know, when I was a very little boy, I used to think there was something horrible hiding underneath the cellar stairs. I didn't know what it was. I only knew I was dreadfully afraid of it. I would do anything to keep from going down these steps. One day I had to go, and I found out there wasn't anything at all. You see, so many of our fears are like that. When we face them, well, they aren't there. Oh, I'm not afraid for myself. But but I can't let Toby's life be like mine. I've failed in everything else, but I won't fail in that. Well, we'll find. We'll find out some way. No, there's only one way out. Mr. Potter's right. Oh, I've tried to make myself believe I could get away from it. If if I could only go far enough, I could escape. But it never works. I know that now. Oh, my dear. I've got to give Toby up. I've got to give her up. My baby. Don't give up yet. Something might happen to change everything. Nothing can happen to change the past. You're chained to it with a chain which never can be broken. Only it can be broken. Death can break it. Harriet. Oh, just send oh. Toby to bed, Mrs. Niles. You want me to finish up packing the trunk? No. No, Anna. Just... Just pack Toby's things in the suitcase. I'm glad you changed your mind and sent for me. Sit down, John. Harriet tells me you found a place for Toby. In a home in Colorado, a charitable institution managed very efficiently. There will have to be an exception made to the rules for admittance, but uh, Mrs. Potter has friends on the board, and I think it can be arranged. Oh, but Colorado, why does it have to be so far away? You know the answer to that question. If it were any nearer, she'd be running to see the child at every opportunity. Our entire purpose would be thwarted. Doris Fleming must never see the little girl again. Oh, John, that's cruel. Is it cruel to try to save a child's soul? Oh, it wouldn't hurt if once in a while... That's out of the question. John, Harriet has done everything you asked her to do. Everything. Surely in this one thing you can be lenient. My dear Paul, why do you persist in putting this on a personal basis? I bear no malice toward the woman... It's simply a duty to be done. Oh, but think it over for a little while. There is nothing to think over. The matter is settled. John, the poor doctor can cure an ailment. He has to know the cause. He doesn't know the cause. He has to look for it. I'm afraid I don't see the analogy. In going over my books, I came across a chart for treating your eye. So, how much was it? Uh, I never received a bill. Oh, never mind that. But I believe you told me you got a little piece of jute in your eyes some years ago, and it caused an infection. Yes, in the jute factory where I worked when I was a young man. That was in Mill Valley, California? Yes. Why? Well, it's this way, John. No man would act the way you've been acting without some cause. Something must have occurred to you to make you what you are. I haven't time to continue this absurd discussion. So I wrote to the town where you worked as a young man. 
Funny nobody seemed to remember you. Or the Jude Mill either. It's probably closed. Uh, that happened years ago. Yes, but there was a Jude Mill nearby. In the California State Prison. I've got to go. I'm busy. I... Oh, I think yet you'd better stay for listen a little while, John. I don't know what you're insinuating, but whatever it is, it's a lie. Well, I have a report right here. You see, others can play at this investigation game, too. It's a lie. I tell you a lie. I wasn't in prison. The report is from the state of California. I'm sure it's correct, but if there's any doubt, well, I can turn it over to the proper authorities for check. No, no, wait. Don't do that. It'll ruin me. And you were in prison. Yes. Yes, I was, but I was framed. That's what they all say. How soon can you be ready to leave town? Leave town? I think River's End could do without an ex-convict. I can't leave River's End. My business is here. I've spent years building it. How can I explain? What can I tell my friends, my wife? Two weeks should be ample time. Oh, no. It's impossible. You're doing this for revenge. I'm not looking for revenge, John. I'm doing this for the good of your soul. Haven't I suffered enough? I spent five years in San Quentin. Five years of misery and the cause of a woman... A woman like Doris Fleming, who went scot-free. A woman? In San Francisco. She got me into it. She was as much to blame as I was, when I was the one that had to rot in prison. And so because of that woman, you seemed fit to punish Doris Fleming. They're all alike. They deserve to be punished. I'm beginning to understand your case. But I won't bother Doris Fleming anymore. I, I swear I won't if you'll, if you'll only let me stay here. I'm sorry for you, John. Sorry for anyone who lets bitterness and hate live and grow until they influence everything to think and does. Then let me stay. Don't send me away. Last Sunday you said something about it being difficult to cure a sick soul. If I'm going to cure yours, I'll have to keep it under observation for a long, long time. Well, you can stay. Paul, uh... never mind. You better go now. You, uh, you won't uh, tell anybody about No. And that report from California? Yeah, you can have it. Tear it up if you like. Why, why this? This isn't from the prison board? No. It's from the California State Department of Agriculture. You've lied to me. Oh, no. I never told you the report was from the prison board. Just the same. You tricked me. Tricked me into confessing. (laughs) It was your confession that tricked you. You made me believe the report applied to me. Well, in a way, Johnny does. It's a report on the common variety of pests. little is known about the causes of baldness, authorities generally agree that dandruff, dry scalp, and falling hair are preliminary steps that lead to baldness. And so we urge you to begin preventive scalp treatments before you have any of the symptoms. And don't put it off. Do it now. Here's one thing to do that takes very little of your time and costs very little per treatment. Each time that you wash your hair, give your scalp a thorough cleansing with Vaseline hair tonic before the shampoo. Shake it liberally onto the scalp. Then massage with the fingertips. Give it a good workout till you feel the tingle of increased circulation, bringing new blood to feed the hair roots. Then, after the shampoo and your hair is dry, 
Use a little more of the tonic to smooth down the unruly locks and give you that well-groomed look which everyone admires. Vaseline hair tonic comes in 40 and 70 cent bottles. The 40 cent size will give you 6 to 10 such treatments as well as providing daily grooming between shampoos. This is little enough to spend to keep your scalp clean and healthy as well as to improve the appearance of the hair. Prices of all Vaseline products mentioned on this program apply only in the United States. Next Sunday at this same hour, the makers of Vaseline preparations will present another Dr. Christian story starring Gene Hersholt, famous screen actor in the title role. Gene Hersholt appears on this program through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Arthur Gilmore bidding you good afternoon for the makers of Vaseline preparations. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.